0: Sure, it's good to see everyone and excited about what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Tiffany, I saw Zemi out there. Um, so let's go together in prayer and be encouraged today. Lord, we just thank you that you're always with us. What a covenant. Joined to you, you to us. Lord, we thank you for this reality and this new covenant. Will you remember our sins no more? And you remember your son. And you ask us to remember your son. And we do remember that his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us for the complete remission of all sin. We do remember him. We don't remember our sins. Thank you, Lord. As Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget that which is past and press forward in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest. We have found the true Sabbath. It's not a day on the calendar. It is a person. Jesus himself is the rest. For he who believes has ceased from his own works, even as God did cease from his works. And we enter into his rest, and his name is Jesus. And we rest in this righteousness, this gift of righteousness. For he who has received this abundant grace and the gift of his righteousness shall reign in life by this one Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of this peace. For we now have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we rest. We rest. Thank you Father in this place of rest. That the heavenly dynamic of life. Flows. And fruit. Comes forth. It's your way. It's your way Lord. As we simply abide in you. And you in us. We bear much fruit awesome thank you Lord Lord I pray now by the power of the Holy Spirit that eyes would be opened that ears would be opened these are heavenly things that are not of man and not of this world help us switch gears now Lord to listen to heavenly things let us not lean to our own understanding but to hear the Christ Speak of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. For it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Many kings and prophets desire to know the things that you know. To hear the things that you hear. And they did not. To see the things that you've seen and they did not. But they're given to you. Fear not, little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God that opens our eyes. Who can know the thoughts of God, but only the Spirit of God? And the Spirit is given that we might know the thoughts of God and all the things that are freely given to us in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we are here to hear to be taught by you. For we need no man teach us, for the anointing that is within us shall lead us into all truth, and we shall abide in you. Help us to hear the Spirit teach, for the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Call no man your father, call no man your teacher, call no man your leader, Jesus said. For you have one father, one teacher, one leader. And that is Jesus. That's the Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Comfort, comfort, comfort us, Lord. The comforter is here. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. The phrase, the mystery of Christ, is like an awesome, awesome phrase. In fact, that word mystery, I think I've shared this a while back, but the word mystery is what really turned my life around when I I had been a believer for about 10 years, and I was kind of getting burned out trying to work for God and trying to do all these things for God and make him happy with me and please him. And as as Clark says, uh, you know, he's, he's not this angry God that he that we have to work hard to please and make happy. It's just not the truth. It's not the gospel. It's not the new covenant. And uh, so I kind of got burned out after 10 years of, of living the Christian life. And I was involved in church and teaching Bible studies and doing all this stuff. But after a while, I just realized that I just can't do this. I woke up every morning with this hazy sense of guilt, you know, like I wasn't doing enough and wasn't, uh, you know, fulfilling his plan for my life or whatever. And, um, and so I just kind of gave up, put the Bible on the shelf and said, I, I can't do this. I can't live this. And I think that's a really important that if you ever get to a place of burnout, that you don't keep trying to play the game. I think God gave me grace to... Not let me keep playing the game because you could some people keep playing the game, they just put on a nice face and they go to church and they play go through the motions, but they never really they just kind of settle into well, maybe this is all there is, and you know, everybody else is doing it, so you know. But there's something in me that I couldn't play the game, God helped me, you know, be real about it, and so I said, I, I just can't do this. So I put the Bible on the shelf. And, I didn't, it, what I found out later was I wasn't walking away from Jesus. I wasn't walking away from God, but I was walking away from religion. Religion was killing me, killing me. A little bit of law leavens the whole lump. And so eventually, you know, it just leavens, it just builds inside of you until you, your, your view of God is so distorted from the way religion portrays who God is that you just give up. And so for about four or five months, I didn't open the Bible. I didn't want to hear a Christian tape. I didn't want to hear the word tape. <laughs> Back in those days, it was all cassette tapes, you know. And uh, so I just kind of did my own thing. I, just, I, was, I was trying to stimulate life inside of me because I felt like I was dead. I felt like something had. I was numb. Where was the joy I had when I first believed? I mean, what happened? And um, it was about this time, that's when the Spirit whispered to me, Study what the mystery of Christ is. It's kind of like that, one of my favorite movies. If you build it, he will call it. <laughs> what is that movie? Field of yeah, Field of Dreams, yeah. Field of Dreams. I love that movie because Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, the whole movie is about the other realm, another reality that is beyond just paying the mortgage on the form. Paying, getting the mortgage paid on the farm, you know, it's, it's something. It's something unusual that people look as weird. Why would he build a baseball field and, the, and plow down his corn? And it was just, I love that movie because it's got elements of the reality of God walking with us on Earth. Especially when they walk through the cornfields and they start laughing in joy as they disappear, because that other realm is not something to be afraid of. It's full of joy. Anyway. Um, so mystery, the word mystery. And so I began to study mystery and what it means. And I, I used to go and uh, look at all the commentary. I went to the commentaries at these Christian bookstores and was looking at all these, you know, translations of what mystery, mystery, mystery. And the Greek word just means hidden truth, the hidden truth of Christ. And I read their interpretations and all, and everything I read was like, spirit in me was going, that's not it, that's not it, it's not, it. not, it. not it, that's not it, not it. Anyway, the spirit showed me, That, you know, God led me to listen to what was being preached, what was being said on radio and churches and so forth. What was the the, most of the messages being preached? and, And God showed me that most all that I was hearing, not everything, but almost everything I was hearing, was something that could have been preached in the days of Moses. But very little was preached that could not have been preached in the day of Moses. In other words... There was a secret, Paul said, there was a secret hidden in God, a mystery that wasn't revealed until Christ came. And when Jesus came, he did something so revolutionary, so mind-blowing, so life-altering that the message would so change that those who promoted the Ten Commandments and who were godly people and who were all about Moses and righteousness and obedience and judgment for sin, all those people would end up fighting and resisting this new message. It was so different from the, from, the right, from, the, from the message of keep the Ten Commandments and obey God and fear God, for this is the whole duty of man, for he shall bring every act into judgment. It was so different from that message that they said, this cannot be right. And they fought it. And they resisted it because it's so different. Different. Jesus tried to prepare them for this different message. He said, you know, no man takes a shirt with a hole in it and cuts a hole in a new shirt to fix the old shirt. They throw the old shirt away and they put on the new shirt. No man puts new wine into old wineskins. They put the new wine into new wineskins. Something new is coming, something so incredibly new that without a revelation of the Spirit, you would not be able to see it. So different. In fact, God spoke to the prophets through the prophets. He said, it's coming. The prophets spoke and said, behold, a new thing is coming. God does a new thing. Consider not the things of old. Behold, he does something very new. In fact, so new. As Paul quoted Habakkuk in the book of Acts, he says to his own Jewish brothers, he says, oh don't let it be true of you as it is written in the book of habakkuk behold i do a thing in their day such an unusual thing it's an alien thing that though someone describe it to you and explain it to you you will not believe it you scoff you marvel but you perish because you don't believe this paul book of acts chapter 13 preaching to his own brothers Something so different that though a man explain it to you, he's talking to his Jewish brothers who are all about the Ten Commandments and all about law and all about obedience and all about righteousness and all about, though a man describe it to you, you will not believe it. That's how good it is. That's how different it is. That's how awesome it is. It changed my life. The mystery of Christ, the revelation, this was in 1985 when that Word came to me from the Spirit to look at what the mystery of Christ is. And whereas before, with the legalism and the law mixed in with grace, I was gradually getting weaker and more depressed and more burned out. The battery was running out. But since 85, how many years ago is that? 27 years ago. And as opposed to having a battery that runs out, I am connected to the utility company. (laughs) And that's what the Christian life is all about. It's not me trying to live the Christian life. It's him living his own life through me in a rest where he can just be who he is through me. And that's what Paul was trying to say in Galatians when he says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in him who loved me and gave himself for me. And there's a joy in that because you're, you're living by another life. And i am tell you, one thing about the secret to, at least in my case, of learning how to get out of burnout and, and enjoy, enjoy the Lord is, first I had to learn how to live by another's righteousness. That's the key. Until we rest in another's righteousness for ourselves personally, then there's a hindrance in living by another's life. Because as as long as you're trying to fix yourself to be pleasing to God, as long as you're trying to work on yourself so He'll like you more, as long as you're trying to uh, do in order to be, as opposed to simply being because He made you righteous, then you, will, you and I will thwart the flow of that life that flows. And we wonder why we don't bear fruit and why we're not, you know, where's the power? It goes, I believe, right back to the simplicity of resting in another's righteousness. So, and, and this whole thing about uh, the mystery of Christ, in essence, it is God doing something through his Son that is so uh, awesome that it has nothing to do with man and our performance or our ability. We are like spectators in a movie, and we're watching God. We're simply watching him do something. And then at the end of the movie, we just are asked, do you believe or not? And those who believe from the movie step up and walk to the front, and they walk through the screen into the reality. And those who say, it's just a movie. I can't be that good. Or, I no, I don't get that. They stay in the theater and they walk out. It's not a matter of how good you are or what you can do. It's a matter of, do you believe? Did I not say that if you would but believe, you would see the glory of God, Jesus said? Jesus spoke to Mary and Martha and he said, Who believes on me, though he were dead, shall live again. And he who believes on me in this generation from this day forward who's a, who is alive shall never die. He was talking about he stood at the center of history. All those in the past who have died, they would live again because he would descend into Sheol, into Abraham's bosom. And all those who from now on hear him and live would never die. And then he said, believest thou this? Do you believe this, Mary? Do you believe it? And to help them believe, he said, behold. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he would do that over and over again to demonstrate the reality of the invisible. In essence, what God did in, in, through his son is that he joined us to him. He joined us to him. Paul in Romans chapter 7 verse 1 through 5. Paul talks about how there was a time when we were in the flesh. When we were in the flesh. Let's look at that real quick. Romans chapter 7 verse 1. There's there's two things on my heart, two things on my heart to share this morning and that is What it means to be released from the law—very important. It changed my life to understand that, especially in the battle of just living, where we sin and we make mistakes and we fall and we all stumble in many ways. James says, "It's crucial that the believer understand that we've been released from the law." Crucial. And secondly. What I have been joined to. So the negative is, what have I I been released from? But what what have I been joined to? In essence, it is the answer to what does it mean to be not in the flesh, but in the Spirit? It's the answer to that question. What does it really mean to be not in the flesh, but in the Spirit? And just a real quick footnote on that statement... Some people have taught in the past that being in the flesh and in the spirit is a volatile thing, that it changes every hour depending on whether you're walking uh, in righteousness or if you're sinning. The truth is, the scripture teaches that it's a static, fixed reality. And that you are either in the flesh as a static, fixed reality or you are in the spirit as a static, fixed reality. And those in the flesh do good things. But doing good things while they're in the flesh do not make them alive in God or in the spirit. And there are those who are in the spirit that do evil things, sinful things. And that does not make them now once again a person in the flesh. And that's key, it's so key. It's one of the mysteries of the kingdom. And once this really gets deep in us and we understand these things, we will not be tossed to and fro by our own weaknesses and our own failures or the enemy's devices that come against us in this world, the flesh, the world, the devil, all those things that come against us because we are resting in this awesome work of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of this movie. Let's see, let's see the movie. For God was manifested in the flesh. Wow. God was vindicated in the spirit by resurrection. Wow. God was proclaimed to, on, in the word, the, the, God was uh, witnessed by the messengers, by the angels and messengers. God was proclaimed on in the world, this work of God, what it really means, what that means, what it means that God took on man, became a man, God became a man and and died in our place and judgment was raised again. What that means, what that means. And the message was proclaimed and it was believed on in the world and he was taken up into glory. And the only thing we had to do was believe, 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 believe. Great is the mystery of your godliness. Awesome. Do you think of yourself as a godly person? You should. You are a godly person because you are in Him and He is in you. Not because of our own righteousness or our own godliness, but because of His. It's awesome. Sons and daughters of God. Okay, so let's look at this real quick. Romans Romans 7. Let's start at, let's start at um, verse 4. Romans 7, verse 1 through 3 is Paul using the example of marriage and how it's not proper under Jewish law to marry another until the spouse dies. And if the sp- spouse dies, then you can marry another. Um, that's, and he was using that example in Jewish law to bring out this point that the couple is a couple until one dies and then the other that. That widow, a widower, is free under Jewish law to marry another. Okay, so then in verse 4, he says, This is like a picture of the mystery of Christ, is what he's saying here. Look at this. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter." Isn't that awesome? Now, do you see how the connection between the sinful passions, how are the sinful passions aroused? They're aroused by the law when we are in the flesh. So when we were in the flesh, the law actually arouses the sinful passions. Paul said the law is the very strength of sin. Now, how many times have you heard that preached? That's what I'm talking about. See, that's what the Spirit was telling me years ago. Listen to what's being preached. They're not preaching a new thing. They're preaching the same old thing Moses had. This is, not everybody, but there's, there's very few that are preaching a clear gospel with boldness like Paul did. Paul would boldly say, the law is the very strength of sin, and you have been released from the law. That is like, re- <laughs> religion would never say that. And they do not ever say that. And yet, it is Scripture. Paul said that if you're not under law, sin is not even imputed to you anymore. Paul said, where there is no law, there's no transgression as far as God's concerned. You haven't transgressed a law if you're not under it from God's point of view, Paul said. You'll never hear that preached hardly ever. Why? Why? Because it is a mystery. And it has to be revealed because releasing us from condemnation, releasing us from law is not the end of the story. See, in the natural mind, you think you can't just release people from accountability. You can't just release people from, you know, making them, you know, keep their feet to the fire or whatever, you know, we, we think in terms of, you know, we, you can't just release people like that. And that's true. You can't. You can't just release. That's why the law is good for a fallen world, the Scripture says. The Scripture says the law is good. It is for the unrighteous, not for the righteous. The law in this fallen world, that's why you have lawyers and doctors. I mean, doctors, but uh, judges. And, you know, you have people who enforce, policemen enforce the law. Because in a fallen world, they do not have what the believer has. And that's the secret. So natural man tends to think you can't just preach what Paul preached. You can't preach what Paul preached. Think about that. What do you mean you can't preach what Paul preached? Um, Because people will just go out and sin and do whatever. Well, the secret is that the rest of this revelation is that we've been released from law. We're no longer in the flesh, but we've been joined to another, even Christ who is raised from the dead. Life, life. So as we learn to live by another's righteousness, which is Christ, then another's life begins to flow through us. And all that the law was trying to get you and I to do, we end up doing, but not because of compulsion, not because of an outward pressure and a sense of fear and judgment and guilt, but from life within. New desires spring up, new wants for it is God who is at work in me, both to will and to do, according to His good pleasure. I find myself actually doing the very thing that God wants me to do, and I want to do it. As opposed to the law that was trying to get me to do something I didn't want to do. See, it is not an imitation of Christ. Sorry, Thomas Aquinas, It is not. It is not an imitation of Christ. The gospel and the Christian life is not an imitation of Christ it is a participation in Christ it is Christ living in us to live is Christ Paul said and this is the the switch that has to go on in our minds by the spirit of God to see that this is not just religion this is not just man trying to conform to some rule it is another life it is a metamorphosis it is a new creation it is a reality that is only from heaven that only can be pulled out pulled off by heaven and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's like, it's, a, it's an ever-widening uh, horizon. The other day I was just walking outside and, and I just looked up and just looked up and the wind was blowing and saw the, the clouds and the trees. And and there was just a moment there and the spirit just... It was so cool. It was like a... It was a sense of... Um, Your ways are so different. Your ways are so different. And it was a sense of here, everybody was busy driving in the roads and busy, busy, busy. And I looked up and just trees in the wind, and, and the Spirit said, His ways are so different. So different. So different. It must be revealed. Must be revealed. The simplicity of Christ. He lives in us. He lives in us. Come away. Come away, my beloved. Only one thing is needful. Rest in me. I am your life. It was cool. It was a very cool moment. Of refreshing, you know, just reminding It's it's very simple, very powerful. So we've been joined to another. We've been joined to him who is raised, who is raised from the dead. See, God could not join himself to us directly because the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, cannot go directly into a man's spirit. So in a sense, Jesus is like being both man and God. A man's spirit filled with God's spirit. He is that mediator between God and men. And so when he accomplished this great mystery in judging the Adamic race, once we were in the flesh, married to the flesh, but the old man has died. The old man has died. You were married to that old man. You were part of the Adamic race. That old man lived under the jurisdiction of law. He lived in that realm. That's why you're released from that realm. You lived under a realm on earth in the Adamic race under law. Bound thereby. What he did was through Christ, he raised the last Adam. He was as Adam when he was born of a woman under the law. The new last Adam did not come into being until the resurrection. This day have I begotten thee, when he raised him from the dead. The first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. And he was raised, and so you and I are joined to him through his human spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now man's spirit can touch man's spirit, and God's spirit can flow from his spirit into your spirit which is why the Spirit could not be given until He was glorified. And when He was glorified as a man, a man glorified, then the Spirit of God could flow through that man and only that man, through a man's Spirit, through Him to you. That's why it said He Himself is actually in you. He, you're the man, not only just the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of Jesus is in you. And that's in the book of Acts. That's how intimate you are with him that's how close you are with him you are members we are members of his body he has flowed into us not just not just the spirit as the prophets had upon them they had no man that had redeemed them they had no human spirit that it could flow through but through him he flows now through him his own spirit into your spirit and he joins himself to you you really are seated with him it could never happen until he came It did not happen until he came. That's why they descended to Sheol and did not ascend to heaven. That's why he had to be the first. He had to have preeminence in all things. He had to be the first. And that's why he ascended, first descending to fill all things. You and I are so out of this realm of law. We are so out of this world. As Paul says, why do you submit yourself to touch, not taste, not as if you're still living in this world? No, you not what he has done. You have been translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son. You are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. You are in him, he in you. Through his own human spirit, the Holy Spirit has flowed through him to us, touching us, kissing us, so to speak. Righteousness and peace have kissed, the scripture says. We have joy, beneath Joined to him. He in us, we in him. He is our head, we his body. He is one man we are one with him this is the one new man this is the final creation of all things this is the glory of God many sons brought into glory this is the unbelievable unfolding revelation that when we grasp it and walk on earth it is a it is a It is unbelievable. It is, as the apostle said, joy unspeakable and full of glory because you are so removed from flesh, so removed from sin. As far as the east is from the west, no sin is ever imputed to you again. There is no sin imputed to you. There is something that is given to you and it is himself. He himself has become our peace. He himself has become our righteousness. He himself is our life. He himself is our life. Isn't that awesome? This is what sets us free. This is what Jesus meant when he said, if you will keep following me, if you will keep listening to what I'm saying, if you will listen, if you will ponder, if you will not let the world distract you, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Joy. Joy. Rejoice, Paul said. We wonder, what what did those early Christians have? They had him. And they understood this. It's so foreign to natural way of thinking. And yet, it is so simple. It's the genius of God that even a child can receive it. In fact, he says, unless you become as a little child, you will not enter this kingdom because you think too much. (laughs) Children don't think a whole lot. They just trust. They just trust. Wow. Release from this realm of law. Saints, think about this. When he was raised from the dead and came out of that tomb. When that stone was rolled away, you too came out of that tomb. Crucified with Him, buried with Him, raised with Him. You came out of that tomb. That stone that was rolled away was a door, a door to another world. A world that... Under the sky, there is no condemnation. There is no law that can point out your shortcomings. You are no longer under law, but under grace. He has become all things to you and I. He has become my wisdom. He has become my righteousness. He has become my sanctification. He has become my redemption. Behold the wisdom of God. Behold the mystery of Christ. This is what the world is thirsting for. This is the truth. Lord, thank you for helping us see these things. Lord, we pray that we would... Chew on these things and ponder these things. Let these things go down deep in our ears, as you said to the disciples, deep into our ears, between our ears and our hearts. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would would take this and multiply it like the bread and the loaves. Multiply, Multiply, Lord, this revelation of Christ within us that we might give it to others. Multiply it. Thank you for feeding us, Lord. Feeding your sheep. Feeding us, Christ. Oh, bread from heaven. Living water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for comforting us today. Thank you, Father, for comforting us today. Fear not. Fear not No weapon formed against you Shall prosper No weapon formed against you Shall prosper The Lord is with us And the battle is His Your rod and your staff They fight off the wolves They comfort me Though I walk through the valley Of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me. Thank you, Lord. Goodness and mercy are always following me. Lord, bless your people, I pray. Thank you for this time together with the saints. Help us encourage somebody before we leave today as you lead us to encourage somebody today. In Jesus' name. Amen.